Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. to our series on decoding joseph this is episode 25 and we are decoding unique insights into how god thinks about work money business investing and leadership 
There are about 11 key life principles to decode from the book, from the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And right now we are decoding principle category number three, which is favor and love with both God and man. In the last couple of episodes, my emphasis has been laying the foundation, the groundwork for favor and love versus what the world, what we normally would hear people consider as luck. You know, most people do believe that there is a force that can cause good things to happen in a man or woman's life and another opposite force that can cause the reverse effect, you know, bad things happening. And we commonly, commonly, we commonly refer to these forces as good luck and bad luck. And there's a misconception out there that some people are born like you while others aren't. However, scripture in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 34 and 35 says, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. For there is no respect of persons with God. That's what also Romans chapter 2, verse 11 says. There is no respect of persons with God, for God does not show favoritism. So I, I, I've spent, you know, I think pretty much the last two episodes have been on this whole concept of once you've really figured out your purpose, why you're called to be on this planet, the next thing was that you shouldn't look to walk through life without the favor of God. That most people actually today society hails them or gives them credit for having, you know, basically moved through a million obstacles to get to their uh, destiny or destination or to achieve their dream. We respect the person who has gone through a million obstacles, but, and we think that should be the motto that everyone should, before they rise to the top, so to say, that we want to hear a story of this person went through a million obstacles, 10,000 obstacles. But it will interest you to know that the reason as to why, for instance, in businesses, if you look at startups, I think the, the statistics show that nine out of 10 startups fail is because it's only, you know, only a few people really can get to the top through this mantra of going through a million obstacles. If we look at favor and love or the blessing, basically the lubrication to life's obstacles as not worthy as something that we shouldn't pursue, then that's the reason we're always going to have most startups failing, most businesses failing, most uh, people that aspire to be something failing, because what we're telling them is that 
the last guy went through a million obstacles. And so your obstacle course, you know, your course has a, a million obstacles. That's what is in front of you. Meanwhile, our goal should be the character and person of Jesus talks about this hand of God where God uh, gives you favor and love with people such that you don't always pay full price, such that you don't have to knock on $10,000 for one opportunity. And I did labor to explain that not everyone who actually goes through a million obstacles or the $10,000 actually ends up persevering. Because everyone's doing it, but why is it that very few people, you know, everyone's knocking on $10,000 because that's what society is telling us to do right now. Everyone's going to every networking event. Everyone's dishing out the business cards. But even with that theory or that strategy, still the success rate is not high. And also, you do find these people that by the time they finish knocking, going through a million obstacles, they're 50 years, they're 60 years, and they're beat down. They just no longer have any even physical strength to enjoy what they've worked hard for. You know, the life, life has been beaten out of them. And some of them, because they had to take on that cutthroat mentality that get out of my way or I'll run over you is the lost friends. You know, some of them have gone through divorce. Their kids are not really friends with them. You know, they don't have a relationship with their loved ones, with their, you know, with family. So is this really the way that we should go through life? Should we want to be the guy who went through a million obstacles and that's the gospel that you want to preach to the next generation. It'll interest you to know that the grind of life, the hustle and bustle, that is not what God created. In fact, the way our economy runs, everything in this world is a fallen world. We're operating below where God created us to operate. We were created in the God class. Man was never created to operate in the man class. Actually, man was created in the image of God. Man was always supposed to operate in the dimension and at the level of God. But when the fall of creation happened, what we have today and what we call success is actually all put together a failure if you compare it to where we're supposed to be operating. If you look at the transport systems of heaven, we're not even close to that. Heaven has no sickness or disease. We're not even close to that. You know, it's peaceful. Um, and when Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, he said, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Like, which kingdom? The kingdom of heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, people are not having war in heaven. There's no food shortages in heaven. There's no traffic in heaven. It's very hard for us to understand that that's the level we're created to operate at. And it's sad. And that's why in the new heaven and the new earth, once this heaven, this current heaven and new earth, this 
age of existence is done away with in the new heaven and the new earth, we will go back to the Eden mandate. We'll go back to operating fully like God. So I'm just showing you that whatever level we're operating at, the wisdom that we're operating at is all fallen. Yes, it's what is selling New York Times bestsellers, but it's fallen wisdom. It's fallen wisdom. God did not intend for us to eat by the sweat of our brow. It was the curse. It was because Adam, who had been given the keys to the earth, committed high treason. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he was separated from God. It was spiritual death. The scripture says in 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 first in Ephesians chapter one verse three that you have been blessed. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ." And then. The scripture also goes on to say in 1 Peter, I'll quickly turn there, and you'll see what we have access to and why I'm, I'm trying to tell you that our world was never created to run on luck, L-U-C-K. Our world was actually created to run on the blessing, on efficiency. Now, he says... In the epistle, first epistle of Peter, the apostle, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. And that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And it goes on to say that in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by virus, by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it be tested with fire, be found to praise, honor, glory, and revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, actually, I think the verse that I'm looking for is in Second Peter. Yes. The verse that I wanted to show you, the standard from, from whence we should be operating, is actually in Second Peter chapter and it says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises 
that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's very powerful there. It says that what God has ordained for us, we're talking about this whole principle of favor and love. Peter is telling us that there's a divine power at play here, if we can take advantage of it, that it has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness. That means for business, for marriage, for relationship, you name it. There's an account which is basically your favor account. There's this account that you can partake in, but it's through a divine nature. And it's this account in your heavenly account when God created you. There is in your heavenly account those these promises, uh, these exceeding great and precious promises, the spiritual blessings. They are encoded. The, 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 the reason the scripture also is stored in heavenly places in Christ Jesus is because that's how you access them. You cannot access the divine nature, your divine account, the divine inheritance that God has stored for you. If, first of all, you don't even believe that he created you, if you don't even believe that, you know, that there is a God. And that he created you and that he ordained a purpose for you, that he has called you, that he he released your spirit into this dimension of earth for a time and season as this. So the reason as to why the first scripture says in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, the reason it talks about that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It's in heavenly places, but it's in Christ. You can only partake in the divine nature that affords you the luxury to bypass the corruption that's in this world if you are in Christ. That means if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Lord and Savior, then you have access to this heavenly account. So what Peter is telling us here, he's saying is that this divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It doesn't matter whether it's your business, whether it's your health, whether it's your work, your career, what you're passionate about. There is divine power that is that you can access, but it's in Christ Jesus. And it says it is by this, it's by this divine power. It says, in this heavenly account are all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, it says, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Now it says, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Then it talks about having escaped the corruption that is in the world. It says, through lust. Now, many a times... The word lust in the word of God, 
does not necessarily mean um, lust is more than sexual lust. Anytime you talk about lust, uh, people automatically eliminate th themselves from the equation if perhaps they don't have sexual lust. But lust is, is, is a craving. So it can be a craving for fame. It can be a craving for houses. It can be a craving for cars. It can be a craving for power. It can be a craving for, for food. That is all, that all falls into this category called what, what, what we call lust. Okay. Now, I'm trying to show you that this is how we enter this hand of favor and love. Because one of the questions we've been asking ourselves is, how do you, as a human being, start to enter into favor and love with God and man? And not operate, go through life believing that some people are created lucky and others are created unlucky. Because some people are really put off. Some people already count themselves out. Because they look at other people, they look at things going well in other people's lives and they say, well, I'm never going to be like that person. That person was born lucky. I was not born lucky. You know, people say things like that. However, scripture tells us that God is no respect of persons. It says, over truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you are black or white it says but in every nation he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him which means you have access to the divine nature some people believe that you know some people you know some black people believe that yeah that perhaps uh, white people were born more superior you know were born lucky and some people that society has dabbed as minorities believe that they were not born lucky that they have been born unlucky that's a deception from the pits of hell that is what satan wants you to believe that you are living in a planet where the deck is stacked against you. And so you see a lot of people, they, they're not comfortable in their own skin. They're not comfortable in their nationality. They're not comfortable in their countries. They don't now we have this thing where people are not even comfortable in their agendas anymore. Because there's a deception that if I am the other person that I will receive an advantage. I will receive an advantage if I dye my hair and become blonde. I receive my advantage if I have blue eyes. So you go out and you buy um, 
contact lenses to have blue eyes. I receive an, I'll be more lucky if I'm taller. I'll be more lucky if I'm slimmer. It'll increase my chances. I'll be more lucky if I'm more beautiful. I'll be more lucky if I'm more, if I'm Canadian, if I'm American. Now we call it the American dream. This is all man's wisdom. This is all deception. These are this is deception from Satan who's trying to cause people to fall into this deception that there that 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 if you do certain things that you you can become lucky or you can gain an advantage this way. However, the highest form of gaining advantage on this planet, on this earth, is simple. It's right here in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 35. Over truth, I perceive God is no respecter of persons, which means African-American, um, American, Asian, Canadian, Mexican, European, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're from. God is not a respect of persons. But he's the bottom line. It says in every nation. So in Uganda, in Kenya, in Nigeria, in India, in China, in Russia, in Ukraine, in Canada, in US, in Mexico, in Brazil, in Thailand, in Australia, in every nation. He that fears God and walks righteousness is accepted with him. For there is no respect of persons with God, for God does not show favoritism. in. Now, Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 also says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and as the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. Meaning, in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. That's how, that's where the real favor comes from. Because if God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, by your own knowledge, you might not know, you might not realize that the person who can actually afford you a favor is in another country. So you might go to a networking event and this, and now I'm talking about people trying to manufacture luck, right? You might go to a networking event, you've, you've gone with a hundred business cards, you're gonna dish them out because again, you're rolling the dice say, okay, one of these people maybe will connect or follow up. I'll get their card. They'll have my card. They'll call me. We'll find out synergy, yada, 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 yada. Boom. So you might go to a networking event. Meanwhile, that strategy of dishing out 50 to 100 business cards actually made you come across as someone who was not even there for the event. You see, people these days go to networking events. They're not really there for the, for the event. 
I know the, the, the saying is it's a networking event, but it's, it's really the bottom line is people are just trying to find, um, you know, who can I, you know, who can be my next customer? You know, there's not really so much genuinity in genuineness and in, in, in people getting to know each other. I'm trying to get to know you so that you can get to know me. It's not, it's not that I'm trying to get to know you. It's that I'm trying to get to know you so that you can also get to know me. So that, you know, like, again, uh, this, I'm trying to explain it this way. Let, let me find a better way to phrase it. Because, again, it's a networking event. So the whole point is for people to get to know each other. But the whole point is that people now go to those events basically to manufacture luck. Right? So you can you you can go to an event, but you might not realize that the person who's actually going to help you the most is not even at that event. So how do you consolidate the unknowns at this networking event? So if you don't really find anyone that connects with you or anyone that can offer you value or that you can provide value at this networking event, guess what? Next week, you're going to be looking for another networking event. And so you're going to spend all your weekends, all your Fridays going to networking events. You're trying to catch up one deal. Meanwhile, there's a person in God, it's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent and he has a bird's eye view of everyone and on top of that God knows who's the person that you'll get along with best God knows that if you meet this person this is the person that will actually help propel your business so but we've eliminated the God factor so we've now fallen to the level of trying to manufacture our own luck by attending as many networking events as we can. You see what I mean? Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, with the God factor, if you go to a networking event and you don't really, you don't need to carry a hundred business cards. You can take 10. And if you go to the event, you're just genuinely there to know what people are doing. You're not hopping from, because I've, be, I've been to networking events before and what typically happens is, <clears throat> so you'll start talking with someone, right? And you're trying to get to, you're trying to, kind of gauge them and, and, and size them and be like, okay, is there synergy? Is there synergy? Is there synergy? Is there synergy? If there's no synergy, your attention, you're already thinking about going talking to the next person. So you're trying to wrap up the conversation so that you can find the next person. Networking events these days are like speed dating, right? You talk to one person, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of like on a clock, on a timer, and then you finish. And then you jump to the next person, right? 
because you're trying to find a person where you're going to be like, yes, you're the one that can help me. You're the one that can help me. You're the one that can help me. So there's not a lot of genuine relationships and connections being formed. Because if I don't get a feel that you can give me a deal, you can give me value, you know, in that moment, then there's really not much for me to get to know you about. Meanwhile, we forget that there's different degrees. I don't know, what do they call it? The six degrees of connection, something like that, um, whereby like, like, you do not know that perhaps the person you're talking to, yes, that person may not be the person to help you, but that person knows someone else. So by you taking your time and genuinely getting to know about this person, what they do, what their business is about, and things of that nature, is that there's an impression that is left. And then maybe in a couple of weeks, as a person has their own network, and because of how they felt the connection was built between you and them at that event, you might come back to memory and they'll have someone who can actually help you and they'll make a good referral. The whole point is we need to realize that you can either try to manufacture your luck or you can try to walk into favor and love with both God and man. You can either try to manufacture your luck or you can try instead of you can channel that energy and find out how can you walk in the grace of God? How can you have favor with the most high, the creator of the universe, the one who is, has access to every human being on the planet right now, the one who knows people's hearts right now, the one who knows who can uplift your business, the one who knows who's your best partner. You know what I mean? Says Proverbs 21 verse one says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever he will, meaning in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. That's the deal, my friends. Don't, don't believe this whole self-made. Self-made will kill you. I'll show one day. Self-made almost killed me. Trying to go down the path of self-made so that you can get to the top of the hill and say, look at me. I did it by my own might, by my own power. No, nobody believed in us. That's baloney. How many people, everyone who, people keep buying that story, but as I said, the success rate is not improving. It's because you see friends, it's not everyone that goes to war that comes back. Not everyone that goes to war comes back alive. Some people die on the battlefield. Anytime you engage in a war, there's a probability of be of becoming a casualty. There's a probability of becoming a casualty. So
So you actually want to go through life. I mean, not running away from the challenges that are in front of you because it's those challenges that are going to help you overcome, that help you, you know, they're going to turn you, help you become a different person. But the, the, the point here is don't go through life trying to fight every battle. Let God fight your battles. I am not, I am not trying to fight. I am not trying to come out and say I have the most scars. No. Because you see, not a lot of people live to tell to show their scars. There's a lot of people that are taken out on the battlefield that we don't hear about because they were trying to jump through a million obstacles, trying to knock on 10,000 doors. Anyways, we are going to a very interesting place. And we saw this with Jesus. When Jesus, the son of God, was operating as son of man in, in this earthly dimension, he too needed the special hand of God to rest upon him. The gospel of Luke chapter 2 verses 40 and verses 52 tell us that, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature, and years and in favor with God and man. Remember that I said in the last episode that actually the, the last two episodes, one of the things that was bringing to attention was that if you if you receive, if you're able to walk into favor and, and find favor with God. He then can give you favor with men. But if you have favor with men and you don't have favor with God, it means you're always going to have to do what you're always going to have to please men. You see, if I please God, he in his divine abilities, in his sovereignty, in his power, how he knows how people work, he can soften the hearts of men. And I don't have to always please them. To have a deal, not to pay full price, you know, for them to, to do me favors and things of that nature. But if you only, if you, if you only have favor with men, it means you're going to have to keep on manufacturing your favor, which, which becomes the whole concept of luck. You start, you can no longer keep your character. You can no longer stay true to who you are. You start kissing people's behinds as, 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 as they say. So you need favor with God and man. Now, let us look at, I don't know why, I just feel led to read this scripture again. That in Christ Jesus, we have access to this divine power that has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is again from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to 
by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. So the way to escape the whole lack thing, bustle, hustle, and bustle, and having things smoothened out for you is partaking in spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ through the access of God. Through the access of God, you can be able to bypass a lot of the hardships of life. Yes, even with God, on your side because right now the authority the keys of this earth it says the prince of the air satan has the keys satan is the god of this world because adam turned over authority to satan now in the new heaven and new earth god can exercise his full sovereignty that's a topic for another day. But right now, Scripture is telling us, how do you escape the current corruption that is in the world? How do you escape having to knock on 10,000 doors, go through a million obstacles, go on 20 dates? You see, even in dating, it's very interesting that you need to have favor with both God and man. Because some people are on dating apps and they've been on there for a very long time. But you still meet them and say, it's hard to find someone genuine and real these days. Again, because you're trying to go through the whole deck. You know, you're trying to go through the whole deck. You go on a deck this week, you don't like that guy, you don't like that girl, you go on another deck next week, you go on another deck next week. You're trying to find, here again, you're trying to manufacture a relationship. Meanwhile, God knows the kind of person that will love your personality. God knows the kind of person that you will get along with. God created Eve and brought Eve to Adam. God is interested in your relationship. God is interested in you getting married. God is interested in you meeting your husband. God is interested in you meeting your wife. There's a God way to do things that we're not supposed to be forcing every situation. Going on 20 dates, being on 20 relationships where your heart. In fact, let's talk about that. Because, again, we're talking about this whole concept of trying to manufacture your way through things, trying to manufacture your hand. You see, you could go on 20 dates, go through 20 relationships, the emotional wear and tear. By the time you get to the right person, man, you don't have really much to offer. You know? Because you might feel used. You know, by the time you get to your 
to your actual life. You've been through perhaps so many sexual encounters that all those memories, those experiences are now blocking having a pure and genuine connection with your wife. It happens. Where people get into marriages and relationships and and they've done so many things outside of this relationship that by the time they come into this one, it's almost like it's too late. It's almost like they have drained themselves. The, the, there's, no more, there's no longer any spice in them. There's nothing left for the other person, the real person that God has ordained for them to, to enjoy. The emotional wear and tear They've been through so much heartbreak, disappointment, that by the time they come to this person, their trust of the opposite sex has gone down. Their trust in men has gone down. Their trust in women has gone down. Meanwhile, Jehovah, Adonai, Elohim, can give you favor and love with that beautiful young lady or with that beautiful young man or with that man or with that with that woman god can do this god god can put again this is what the scripture is saying that by this divine nature we protect of this great and exceeding promises that enable us to escape by by these exceeding great and precious promises through the divine nature that has made available unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness we are able to escape the corruption in the world you're able to escape the, the dating corruption the business corruption the political corruption the health corruption it's possible it's possible it's possible for you to flow like this it's very possible that you can start partaking in the divine nature and life will be made a little bit simpler not just a little bit much more simpler maybe i'll leave you with this in the gospel of matthew i'm trying to show you what favor and love with god and man can do for you perhaps the things that are going on in your life and you're pulling so hard You've been pulling and pulling and pulling. And you feel like you, you have to manufacture relationships. You have to kiss everyone's behind. You have to go to every networking event. You no longer have me time. <laughs> you, you, you have to go to the gym seven times a week. Again, there's something called health. Health and fitness are different things, guys. There's something called health, and then there's something called fitness. Fitness, that one you get at the gym. Health is from God. So once again, we, ha we, we have a culture where people try to manufacture health through fitness. And they forget that if you believe in this whole thing of good luck and bad luck and whatever that you can have 5% body fat 
leaned out. Everything is good today. And if bad luck knocks on your door, you could get in an accident and paralyzed. You could be diagnosed with a disease. And then you realize how futile, how, how futile your efforts are, your own personal efforts. You realize that you can still meal prep you can still eat organic food and be diagnosed with a disease. How do you deal with these unknowns of life? It's called the God factor. Which God factor is this? Favor and love. There's a scripture in Psalms, I believe Psalms 107 or Psalms 105. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Another place it says, he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And in Malachi chapter 3, I believe verse around 12 or 13, it says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I was talking to a friend of mine, not a friend, one of my sisters. And we were just giving praise to God because I believe she's one of the people who has found favor and love with both God and man. Maybe I'll finish up on this on this testimony. And we're talking about how like she got her job at a one of the top companies in the world, I'll not mention their name because the company is not very much liked these days. But anyways, and um, anyway, she works for one of the 10, yeah, one of the 10 companies around the world in, in tech technology. I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody uses their product, everyone. And so we're talking about how like she she got the job, the one that she has, the position, how we're laughing. We're talking about how she, when she did the interview, she was already with the company, but the position we're talking about is the one that she's holding right now. And when she went into that interview, first of all, the requirements required 10 years of, of experience, work experience in that field for that role, 10 years. I mean, she had not even worked this company for more than three years. Tops for tops. She's worked them right now, maybe four, four, five years, four, four years. Tops five. But at the time when she applied for this job, she she'd only been in the company for like three years, the job experience required was 10 years and anyway she went into this interview first of all didn't have the work experience some of the questions she was like i'm she was just like what does that even mean she even asked for other questions is <laughs> it instead of doing that can i do this anyway she got the job 
So she, she moved into that division. Just like totally the hand of God, totally the hand of God. But to cap it off, her company at the end of last year was one of the companies that laid off tens of thousands of people. And she was saying that in their department, on her team, I think there's about, I don't know, maybe 14 people or 16. But anyway, the, the division she was working in, when they did layoffs at the end of last year, half of the team was let go. Half of the team was let go of. She kept her job. And recently, in the midst of this, while the company was doing other layoffs, and at a time when she felt like her work, because she's not really being motivated because of the shock of you know last year's layoffs and and even now because she had to move to a different team because the company laid off so many people that uh, her division was actually dissolved and they'll move to a different department, different teams. Anyway, so she joined another team and and she's kind of batting heads a little bit with the people on there because she's trying, her opinions or her suggestions were not really finding much room. So she was feeling down and she was like, man, like I'm usually, when I receive um, like a, performance review, one of the things that they always credit me is being engaged in the team dynamics and all that. And right now I feel like I'm not doing that. In the midst of that, she was promoted. <laughs> How do you, and I was, I was telling us like, I just want you to know no matter whatever happens that I want you to know that God brought you here. God put you there. God has kept you there. I mean, when they laid everybody off, when they laid half of your team off, you were not laid off. That's the hand of God. That's what God can do for someone that has found favor and love with them. He'll give them favor and love with man. And as the scripture says that he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, meaning when bad things are happening around you, instead of wishing that good luck is on your side that day, no, God will say, no, leave that person out of that disaster. Leave the person out of that calamity. When you are just at a place and it's right after you leave, that perhaps an accident happens or um, a terror attack happens, things of that nature. You can't rely on, on luck, but you can rely on favor and love with both God and man. And so if you've been pulling all your gears and you're feeling like you've been just trying to pull everything to manufacture your luck and your... I just want to close out with this passage of scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. And it reads, 
At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son reveals, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then this is what I really wanted to, this is what I wanted to get to. Verse 28 to 30, famous passage of scripture. Every, every Christian has read these and knows this. But I just want to remind you, these are the words of Jesus. This is what he says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think about those words from the master, from the Lord himself. Don't try to manufacture luck. You may not make it off the battlefield. By the time you get to the mountaintop, you will be tired and weary because all your strength was beaten out of you trying to knock on 10,000 doors. No, come to the master, come to Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, I love it. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll leave you with that. Think about it. Ponder over it. Ponder, ponder those words. Spend some time thinking about some of the things we just shared. There is a yoke that is easier and a burden that is lighter than the one you're carrying. It's Jesus. Sela. This was episode 25 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. We continue to lay the ground for principle category number three, favor and love with both God and man. Most people would agree that there is a force that can cause good things to happen in a man or woman's life, and another opposite force that can cause the reverse effect, bad things to happen. We commonly refer to these forces as good luck and bad luck. And there is a misconception out there that some people are born lucky while others aren't. However, Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 10 verses 34 to 35 that of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. 
And Romans chapter 2 verse 11 emphasizes this as well. It says, For there is no respect of persons with God, for God does not show favoritism. And while most people go through life trying to manufacture luck, Proverbs chapter 21 tells us, Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 tells us that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it with a soever he will, meaning in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. You see, even when Jesus, the Son of God, was operating as Son of Man in this earthly dimension, he too needed favor with both God and man. In fact, Luke chapter 2, verses 40 and 52 tell us that, that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace favor and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature and years, and in favor with God and man. We also see this hand of favor and love with both God and man play out in the life of our subject character, Joseph. Several, several times we read that the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was and he was a successful man. Even when Joseph was wrongfully accused for raping his master's wife and sent to prison, the hand of God, God's favor and love, was with him. In Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 to 23, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to succeed. In the next episode, we shall continue unpacking this third principle category of favor and love with God and man that we see play out in Joseph's life, but across many lives of other characters across scripture. Your host for today was Calvin Kavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Hearts. Give us a revelation and